Good morning. What a beautiful and glorious morning. And thank you all, Louise and the team, for having me today. What a wonderful honor to be in front of you and with you, unpacking this amazing story or stories coming all the way from Syria. Yes, I am from that Damascus which Paul saw the light of the Lord going to persecute the Christians in it. Yes, I am Syrian. From that Damascus which the West has forgotten that it is still the capital of Syria. And it has still believers of the way and the risen Lord. And it has bishops and patriarchs. Yes, for the last 20, over 20 years, living in London, England, people still ask me, Father, when did you become Christian? Because they assume that I was a Muslim and became Christian, and they forget completely that amazing text that Damascus was Christian before Canada existed, sorry. No offense meant. And we were Christian before Europe left the Dark Ages. And we are put in the corner of terrorism and bloodshed. Yes, this is true. We have terrorism and bloodshed, and we are exporting terrorism to the rest of the world. But that does not mean that the Lord Jesus Christ does not have his ministry in Damascus and all over Syria. And I am, and my sister Huda here, we are living witnesses to that. What happened to Paul the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus restored that vessel and filled it with life and light and living word to the whole world. Jesus met Paul in the point of his need and his weakness. Paul entered Damascus as a terrorist and left Damascus as a saint. This is the power of the resurrection. This is the power of the risen Lord calling us from our dark chapters of our lives into his marvelous light. Peter 
who denied him three times. Not once, not twice. Three times. Was restored like Paul. In this marvelous story, when Jesus appeared to the disciples at the seashore, do you remember when he met them at the seashore in Luke 5? This is not the first time he met them while they were fishing. Even after the resurrection and after seeing the risen Lord, they went back to their homes and to their fishing careers. They didn't know what to do. Even after they met the risen Lord. In Luke 5, he said to Peter, go to the deep water and throw the net. And Peter said, we tried the whole night and we captured nothing. He said, go to the deep water and throw the net. Do you remember what Peter answered? Okay, I will on your word, just according to your word, for you, I will do that. And he did. And they caught a lot of fish that their nets started to tear. The nets were torn. Now, after the cross, after the denial of Peter, after they all failed in their ministry or in their following of the Lord, the Lord appears again in a fishing environment, in their own in their own career environment, in their own context. If Jesus Christ doesn't meet us in our own context, we cannot feel the power of the resurrection. The Lord meets every one of us in our own context and said to them, children, not friends, Children, do you have something to eat? And Peter said, well, we tried the whole night, but we caught nothing. And still, Peter, the penny didn't drop who that man was. And he said, well, throw the net on the right-hand side of the boat. And he did. But this time, they caught fish but the net was not torn. The power of the resurrection, the new meaning of the net, the new meaning of ministry, and the new meaning of the church. And John finally got it, and the penny dropped, and said, it is the Lord. Really? Now, fine, this is the Lord. And Peter, as Peter was, put some clothes on him and threw himself in the water. He 
wanted to hide from the Lord because he was naked. And he swam as Peter, the impulsive, wonderful, passionate disciple. He swam to the, to the, to, to the shore and the rest of the disciples took the boat with them. And there was fire on the beach. They sat around the fire. The same scene we record when Peter denied Jesus was around the fire. Remember? He denied him three times. And the Lord restored him again when he asked him, Peter, do you love me? Well, in the West, this question would be very awkward. If I say to my chairman, James, do you love me? My chairman would think, there's something wrong here. What do you mean, do you love me? We in the West, we trivialized the word love. We put all our understanding of love in the basket of sex, which is the wrong basket. When he, in the Middle East, we use intimate language between friends. In the family, we are not afraid of using the word love. We are not afraid of intimacy. And he said, Peter, do you love me? He restored him three times. He asked him three times, do you love me? This restoration of Paul and Peter caused us to be here today and is causing the church to suffer around the world. The secretary of, the foreign secretary of, of Britain two, two days ago released a video saying for the first time, the Christian faith is the most persecuted faith in the world. And I remember a couple of years ago, the German chancellor said the same in front of the Bundestag, the parliament, the German parliament. And the Bundestag was very upset with her because she spoke about religion. Because as you know, religion, and especially when it comes to Christianity in the West, has become a taboo. My friends, we need to reclaim our faith and restore the power of the risen Lord, not only in our churches, but in our communities. We need to drop the scales of embarrassment because we are Christian. I am not embarrassed to believe in the risen Lord. I am not embarrassed to come from Syria, which is a devastated country, and Christians are being martyrs for the sake of their faith. I am not embarrassed to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords, 
the Son of God. I am not embarrassed to reflect that power in my life, in my ministry, in every details of my being. And the restoration of Paul on the road to Damascus and the restoration of Peter by the, the three questions of Jesus, the risen Lord, do you love me? These questions are asked today to every single one of us. Do we love Jesus Christ, the risen Lord? And if we do, what are we going to do about it? Paul changed the face of the earth. Peter helped Paul in spreading the word of the resurrection and paid the price. He was crucified upside down. What are we doing to proclaim that huge power of restoration? Restoration of the world, our broken world. When we established the Awareness Foundation that I am the, the, the director of for 16 years, 16 years ago, people told me, well, the Awareness Foundation is so timely because the world is going through a very difficult time. That was 2003 after 9-11, 2001. 16 years later, Instead of the Awareness Foundation to be redundant, and I was hoping that the Awareness Foundation would be redundant, the people ask me, say to me, Father, the Awareness Foundation is so timely. Then the, what are we doing with our world? We are destroying the climate. We are destroying the earth. We are destroying the humanity in us. People are still 2019 starving and dying of wars and hunger. The evil is rampant in our world. And what are we doing as followers of Christ? The questions that we face as a church, those three questions are in front of our eyes as we celebrate the resurrection today and every day, do we love the risen Lord? And if we do, what are we going to do about it? And what are we doing about it? My message to you, coming all the way from Syria, when I was with Huda last month, and from Iraq, the devastated countries by war and terrorism, by senseless war, I'm saying, the world needs us, the children of the resurrection, more than ever. And we need to answer the question, are we meeting the risen Lord in our own context? Do we love the Lord, the risen Lord, the Lord of lords and the Son of God? And are we doing something about that love as a church, and as individuals? Or are we hiding our heads in the sand and the scales are still on our eyes like Saul before he became Paul? The scales, it is time that the scales would fall and see the world 
who, which needs us badly to restore the image of the risen Lord. And we all become the icon of the resurrection in the whole world. And whoever looks at us sees the risen Lord and feels the power of love in that broken world. The resurrection is a responsibility. Do we take it seriously or not? This is the question. There is nothing called Christianity without responsibility. There is nothing called Christianity without resurrection. And there is nothing called Christianity without the joy, but at the same time, the work, the faith, but at the same time, the hard ministry out there. There is no Christianity, my friends, without the cross and without the resurrection. Amen.